Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to the Podcast. I'm Abdullah. I'm Tom. And this is a crazy, 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 crazy podcast. It's so crazy where we're gonna start our own taxi business and we're gonna we're gonna make a sequel to Crazy Taxi. And it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be but great. Then, and, I, and then we're gonna make a spin off set in London and then basically get brought out by TFL who basically wanna undercut the market. I miss Crazy Taxi. That was a great series. Anyway, <laughs> we got a lot to talk about um, this week because this week, this week is has been complete and utter insanity. And usually, usually, like for those who are new to the show, we usually talk about Ducktales first of all. But because this week has been so insane, we gotta talk about this first, and that is the whole Rick and Morty Sijan Sauce drama that's been going on. This the ongoing is, saga. <laughs> the never-ending saga of, of the Sijan Sauce and, and Rick and Morty fans, and it was just... It, it's just insane. So, basically what happened was uh, McDonald's finally caved in and said, okay, we're going to release the sauce, but we're going to pull on Nintendo and make it limited quality. On one and, day only. Yep. And you could imagine how well that went. <laughs> Oh my god, some place, there were reports of places didn't get it, some people, only some places only got, what was it, like 10, 10 to 20 packets only of the stuff, and all I've got to say, FYI, to the fan base of Rick and Morty, you're the stink reason why people hate fandoms at the current moment. Well, I mean... And I'm, and I'm saying that as a Sonic fan, right now. I just want to make something very clear here, like... It's okay to be a fan. I'm not putting down fans. I am putting down fandoms. There's a difference between being a fan of something and being part of a fandom. And when you're a part yeah. of a fandom, you start to, to, to have this weird cult-like mentality of the group can do no wrong and everyone else is in the wrong and yada 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 and you get stupid shit like this. What I mean, it's like they started off the beginning of the year basically saying you have to be a high intellectual to get the show and you have to get sub, uh, basically subtexts and stuff like that. And that basically, that pissed, that's, that's, that's like a normal pissed off thing on the internet. But then, this source, take the icing on the cake for the rest of the year. <laughs> I know, and it's, it's just, it, and it's just, it's really, really, really stupid because. Again, I'm I'm a fan of the show. I I like the Sorry. show. I'm not gonna shit on the show because people are stupid. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like one of these people who are, who have automatically turned on the show and is like, oh, see, I told you the show is dumb. Ha ha! Look at the 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 dumb fan base and yada yada yada. No, oh, because because like again, fandoms don't don't necessarily equal the quality of of said media. Like, yeah. again, I'm a comic book fan, and, and I can sit here all day and tell you how shitty fucking comic book fans are. And, oh, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and, and it's... And I'm not gonna let this, like, ruin my enjoyment of the show, but at the same time, it's like, you gotta step down and say, okay, enough is enough, and this is, this is, uh... This the break-in point. This is that, <laughs> this is that moment, and... I'm appalled by this, like, like legit appalled by this, and I'm not, and even if it was like any other fandom, I'm not gonna be like, oh, well, because it's Rick and Morty, I'm gonna, you know, say I'm appalled by it, but no, if it was any other fandom that did stupid shit like this, 
believe you me, I'd be here talking about it the same way. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen and we've seen this happen before. We've seen the Steven Universe fandom drive drive a um teenage girl to suicide. We've seen what was it? Five Nights at Freddy's fandom like acting like complete idiots at, at a pizzeria around children. And we had the Sonic fandom who created some of the most outspoken fans of our generation. I'm looking at Chris Chan and also Sammy Sonic. And a certain person who used to wear a black hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> and complain about Jason Griffith. I don't remember. I don't remember who he is. I just have this vague memory of someone shouting Griffin, but that's about it. Yeah. So it's not, I'm not just like singling out like Rick and Morty fans. I think all fandoms are terrible. And, and at some point, like you gotta, we, we, we as people have to, have to, have to do better than this because this is, this is just insane. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, fandoms had had its really stupid moments. And if something gets big enough, you're going to eventually get, get that little cluster of people that has to spoil the whole pot everyone it has happened over the years with many different fandoms like we we just named a few few like i, I could name one off the top of my head star wars <laughs> you know that has some really extreme hardcore fans but some of them oof boy if you see again you remember when when they released the new star wars sequel film how many people went eight shit when they said that all the um canon stuff they've been doing comic books and literature is no longer canonical to the series and it's, and it's weird because you have so many other people with star wars it's it's a whole other different beast because like they're so they're so split into individual groups like you have the the, the classic fans who only like the classic movies and dis- disown anything that came after that or came before that and then you have the other fans who like everything and don't mind, you know, some of the changes to the franchise. And we'll admit that, the, but they don't like, you know, some of the some of the changes. And and then you have people who just buy all the merchandise like idiots. Yeah, it's it's a very toxic theme fandom. But with with the whole Rick and Morty thing with Suicide, it's like some of the videos I've seen people post online in it. It's like how disrespectful must you be and how much of a bad upbringing you must have to jump on a counter of an employee. By the way, those people working at McDonald's, you can imagine they're probably um, people who just got out from university, probably people who uh, took summer jobs to work there to pay for their student tuition, or maybe people who, you know, don't really want to be there. It's like, if you read up the stories about people working at McDonald's, it's not a nice place to work for. So basically, imagine working there, doing long hours for pretty much no, for practically minimal wage. You get like some jackass come in and jump on your counter, think it'd be funny to quote, quote Pickle Rick at you. I know, and it's just like, that, that kind of shit isn't funny. And it's like, here's the thing with quoting fictional characters. It's only funny... If there is context. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't go up to a random person on the street and start yelling out, I'm Pickle Rick. That is not funny. That is stupid. That is immature, and you should feel ashamed of yourself for doing All that. All the... Another video I saw on this as well is the um, guy who brought the soy sauce, stood in a bunch of Rick and Morty fans, threw the sauce on the floor, and stomped on it. 
in front of them. Everyone's screaming. And then some of them, who had chicken nuggets, decide to wipe the sauce off from the dirty floor just to taste a little bit of it. And then screaming, that's the best thing ever. Again, it's just... This is the problem with 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 this kind of um, with this kind of mentality of because here's the thing with the show it's like people don't understand like they can't we, we are I I'm trying to 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 put this in the the nicest way possible because of, you know I don't want to go in and 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 just like make it sound like I'm talking shit about the entire fandom so the entire. Rick and Morty fans in general, because like I said, I'm not talking about sh- I'm not talking shit about fans. I'm talking shit about the fandom, and the problem with the fandom is that they think you know every little joke or every little every little mention of what every like little like tiny little bit of like any, any joke like watch any Rick and Morty episode and what and any and they they hang on to to every joke. And they quote it nonstop, to the point where it becomes unfunny. That's the Rick and Morty fandom. Yeah, like they find like one quotable joke from an episode, they start quoting it for on the internet first, and you're like, okay, fine, whatever. But then you see videos of them going to in public places, quoting quoting shit like "I'm Pickle Rick," "I'm Mr. Meeses," "Look at me." You know, rambling, uh, well, 100 Brick and Mortys, all, all that other shit. You know, I'm going to get the sauce, Morty. It's just, there's a time and a place for that ty- type of shit. I mean, if it's at a convention and you're, you're, you're you know, cosplaying and shit, that's fine. That's funny, you know? But, yeah. but if you're like, you know, at McDonald's, you know, where you're, where again, the people there, are there to do their jobs. They're not there to to fucking fuck around with you, okay? Like it's okay to 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 joke around, like you know, while take while making an order, like you know, oh, you know, do you have uh, the Sijon sauce? Don't worry, I'm not gonna give it to any interdimensional traveling mad scientist if that's what you're worried about. Yeah, yeah. that that kind of, that's that's funny, you know. But jumping up on the counter, screaming, "I'm Pickle Rick!" like a fucking chimpanzee, is just appalling. Behavior. And then and I don't and I don't condemn and I don't uh, encourage it. And also, then when you get when it gets to the point when um, McDonald's um, restaurants, I can't believe I call McDonald's a restaurant, but again, that's what they <laughs> put in the article. But basically, when McDonald's, they they fucking wish they were a restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I've seen some articles called them that. Um, McDonald's had to call the police because some people were rioting over these instances, and I'm like. Over Are you sauce. seriously telling me that you? Uh, why would you riot? You know, uh, again, it's a massive. Uh, basically, it's a massive fuck up on both ends. Basically, McDonald's basically undersupplied, just like Nintendo does, and the fandom basically basically made everyone look bad who basically related or liked that source material in question. And even the co-create, even the creators had to come out and basically say. Do not be disrespectful to McDonald and their staff. I mean, Justin Royal said on Twitter that he had nothing to do with any of this shit, so don't, no. don't, don't, don't put it on me. <laughs> no, exactly. And he said, please be respectful to to the staff at McDonald's, and they're just like, 
Oh my god! It's like I, I think the worst thing I've seen come out of this whole fiasco as well is that someone took a photo of the source, printed it on literally like normal paper or from a HG DeskJet two two sixty hundred printer and framed it, and people were buying it for ten dollars or probably more. Yep. You. During the time of this recording, go on eBay and look for it. It's up there at the moment. It's sold about 19 copies of it at the moment. People are buying it. It's sad. It really is sad. And 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 the thing is, it's like you're kind of wondering, okay, why why are people acting so crazy over Sauce? And <laughs> because it was referenced on the show. And that's the craziest thing about this. It's like if you're gonna go through all this. All this effort to to act like a complete fucking idiot to get sauce that you didn't even know existed up until up until that episode aired back in April, then you're a fucking idiot. You really are. I think I saw someone who basically was a German fan of the source itself. Can't can't understand why the Rick and Morty fan beaters are so mad about it. As well, just saying. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Again, and, and I can't imagine like the normal people like who go who go that like it's even more disrespectful because they 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 went in acted like complete idiots because you know the sauce was out and then they just left like they acted like yeah. complete idiots instead of I don't know buying something else like you know if you're if you're gonna like here's the thing if you walk into any fast food place unless you're there to use the bathroom. When you walk up to a counter, you 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 automatically are asking uh, the employees for something. I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. You're 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 a customer up until that point, and yeah. and just going going to them and doing this kind of stupid shit is just unbelievable. The best way to to sum it up: just be a decent human being at the end of the day. Don't be a jackass. Yeah, I know. It's like people rioting over fucking sauce that they didn't even know existed up until April. Or better yet, why don't you just go online? Because the recipe for the fucking sauce is online. Just saying. Or you can just buy it from Walmart. Walmart is selling it for much cheaper. But but you but you missed the point, man. It has to be from McDonald's. It has to be legit. Fucking idiots. <laughs> moving on because I don't want to, more I talk about this the more depressed I'm going to get to be quite honest I think this just sum it up it's just that episode from Futurama when um, Farnworth was just like I don't want to live on this planet anymore probably sums it up I know it's just like fandoms are terrible and it's it's kind of sad because now you're giving you're giving you're giving people who just don't who have no interest in the show, or you know you're just driving people who have no interest in the show away, and you're giving you know the dumb haters who just love to hate on the show for no particular reason, even though they haven't seen it, more ammunition to throw at you. So good job there, fandom. Good job. Great job. Yeah. So in the next bit of news. <laughs> well, now that we got that out the way, let's talk about something much more 
but you know good news for us anyway i know this isn't good news for people who are fans of the movie but quite frankly i love this news because i fucking hate the idea that this movie even exists and i'm sorry and i'm sorry if that offends anyone because but quite honestly i think making a sequel to to blade runner in general is a stupid fucking idea that should have been scrapped in in the development stage it's one of these annoying things is that for those who don't know, I've I've probably said it on this podcast numbers of time. Blade Runner is my favourite film of all time. When I heard they were gonna make a sequel to it, I was like, Oh my god, are you effing kidding me on this? This isn't gonna do well. Um It should have been made in the first place. It's been way too long. I'm looking at you, Ian Jones. And I just, yeah, it just really did not need it to be made. It, it, and now are people going to see it? Not really. Has it done well review-wise? Well, yeah, it kind of has. But I haven't seen the film yet myself. But at the same time, I'm like, well, do I really want to see a sequel to a film that I know I feel like it's not going to live up to the original? Or better yet, why should I see a film that is obviously being made just to capitalize on basically the revitalized career of um, Harrison Ford at the moment because of Star Wars? I know, and it's just it's it's one of those things where I think I believe that people who are coming out of the who are going into this movie saying that they loved it obviously have not seen the final cut of Blade Runner. Like they're probably oh, yeah. only familiar with, with the with the director's cut and the theatrical cut, but they've never seen the the final ultimate cut, which I think is the old, is the version you should see if you if you've never seen Blade Runner. Oh, because that because yeah. that because that is the version that has the stronger narrative, stronger editing, makes more makes a lot more sense than the other previous two cuts. Yeah, I say this about the final cut as well. Um, I was lucky enough to see that on the big screen when they did it for its anniversary back um, a few years ago. And I've got to say, that was a beautiful film to see on the massive big screen again. Digitally remastered up to 4K, by the way. Um, but I say this, it's that it still was a sequel that we didn't need. Um, the annoying thing about this film as well, it's not really based on anything. Because a lot of, what a lot of people don't realise when you talk about Blade Runner, it's based on a book. It's based on the book called Do Androids Dream of Electric Electronic Sheep? And the book is different in places. It's probably the best way to put it. And um, if you haven't read the book, give it a read. You might like it. You might not. Who knows? But there because, has been because because the here's a, here's the thing with, with people don't understand with the book and 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 the um and the and the movie. The book is way more of a thriller than the movie. Yeah. The, the 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 thing that I love most about Blade Runner the movie is that it's more film noir, and it works so perfectly as a film noir story than it did a th- as a, as a th- as a thriller in the book. Yeah, I mean, if you ever watched the making of Blade Runner, they actually were talking about making more of a thriller, but then they realized let's slow this movie down a bit and make it more a noir detective story set in the future, in this dystopian future, and it worked, and it's a beautifully shot film it's beautifully stunning in its set designs its costumes its 
performances, um, the setting, the tone. I will say this, if it's one of these films, it's a classic sci-fi film, and I will admit, I, I, even though it's my favorite film, I still will admit, it has its flaws in places. Like, the probably the one of the things that won't get a lot of people enticed with it is that it is a slow film. But again, that's classic sci-fi. A lot of classic sci-fi is very slow pace. But and there's that we, stupid fucking unicorn. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah the unicorn, which is very iconic. But it's it's one of these things that did not needed to be touched. It's like who who in their right mind asked for a sequel? <laughs> you know and. And it kind of annoys me when I speak to people. They say, oh, yeah, I'm not going to see this film. I'm not going to like it. And then they come out and tell me, oh, yeah, it's like the masterpiece of the year. I'm just like, is that really the case? But is that really the case? Or is that just your nostalgia talking? Which I feel that I think there's some of that at play. But at the same time, I haven't seen the film yet. So I can't say that much. But at the same time, it's like, why? Just just why <laughs> you know and again i wouldn't be so hard on it if if it's a see if it if it wasn't a sequel to a movie that didn't need a sequel like the whole point of ridley scott going back and and, and releasing cut after cut was because and this is shouldn't be a shocker to anybody now who has ever worked in hollywood the original cut of the movie was butchered by the studio yeah and, and they ran out fu- and it was fucking awful and again, they wrote, they they had multiple reasons why they he did cut off the cut was because if you do read about it, the original one, like you said, it was butchered by the thing. Then basically they said, oh yeah, you can remaster it, you can do your director's cut, but they only gave him a limited time window to do it, so he had to do it with that time. Limit. Didn't give him enough time apparently. Wasn't and then until when you until two thousand seven, did we finally get a good yeah. cut of Blade Runner? <laughs> I'm not saying that the original or the director's cut are bad per se but once you've seen the final cut version of the film you're like wow okay that is mind-blowing to non-the-least and it there's one minute i just feel like for blade runner junkies um like myself who basically like the original iconic film and the noir setting and everything like that i think from the trailers from what i've seen for the trailer didn't really catch that themes, you know? It looks more like a post-apocalyptic movie than it does Blade Runner, to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah I... Just, I mean, I'm... I mean, I, I've heard some reviews basically praising it, but then at the same time, I've said... I've seen reviews basically people saying that it it got thin, lessened storyline, it riddled with plot holes, and there's little more... And a cameo from Ford as well, despite being heavily used in the movie, in the film promotion. But yet again, what a surprise! When have Hollywood have ever done that? <laughs> you know, it's not a new thing. Oh, you mean they pulled the Star Wars? <laughs> oh, you mean they pulled the Star Wars? Like, I mean, the most recent example I can think of off the top of my head, I saw the King Kingsman Golden Circle back a few weeks ago, and they heavily advertised um, Channing Tatum being in this film. He's nothing more than glorified cameo. Elton John get more screen time than Ch- Channing Tatum does. Okay, that's good because I fucking hate Channing Tatum. <laughs> I, I know, but at the same time, that makes things worse. It's like, okay, why are you getting so much screen time to Elton John? He has a fight scene in it. God's sake. 
<laughs> I need to I need to watch that when it comes out on on Blu-ray. There's not the Disc Kingsman. That's a fun film, but that's one of the most stupidest things I've seen in film in a, in, in a while. That's that's kind of the world we live in now, where it's who where it's about who's marketable and not you know the quality of the film. Yeah. But the, the I... but the point is, it's like it underperformed at the box office. Good, as far as I say. Maybe then Hollywood finally. Maybe this is the wake-up call Hollywood needs right now, where it realizes that not everything that 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 that's a franchise needs to be made into a movie, remade, sequelized, or prequelized. It, it, it's something that didn't need to happen, and I've, I mean, it's it just feels like it has. Again, this film was dispatched by Warner Brothers Pictures and Sony Pictures, and you can tell they had their fingers all over they say oh yeah we've got to make this happen we've got to make that happen oh we definitely got to have this thing and it's, again it's not a bad cast to be honest again you've got ryan gosling in it not a bad actor in it and um he plays the main character in this and it's not a bad cast choice i know um you get some some decent actors in there as well um i know dave batista has has a role in this film. Whether or not he's good or not, I don't know. Um, you have Andy Arms. I don't know who that is. From what I've been told, that's a Cuban actress who's been in a few things, um, quite new. And then basically you get slot like um, Jared um, Leto in the film. God knows why they let him do films after Suicide Squad, you know, but besides me. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I think the thing is, like, again, you look at it and it's like, it's not a bad cast, it's not it's not a bad, you know, looking movie, but the, but the problem is, like, it's, it's Blade Runner. It's, a, it's, it's trying to, 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 to be a sequel to something that didn't need a sequel. Like, we didn't need this. Like, we really didn't need this. Like, okay, with Tron, I kind of understood why they made Tron Legacy, because, like, okay, say what you will about the first Tron... It had a lot of problems that I think that they could have fixed in, 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 you know, in, in, uh, in modern movie, in, in modern filmmaking. Shame the movie was a piece of shit, but, you know, <laughs> at least they tried. Yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't have a bad director. Well, it was directed by, um, Dennis Vilven. I think I'm saying that name right. It's a, it's the French Canadian film director. Um, he's done quite well for himself, actually. Um, from my knowledge, basically, a lot of things he's worked on has been science fiction work, and he did um, The Arrival um, last year, and that was a fantastic science, uh, modern science fiction film, in my opinion. You know, it's not a bad cast, not a bad director, and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not trying to hate it on, uh, on, on its quality because again, I've, I haven't seen it, and quite honestly, I don't know if I can see it because if I do watch it, all I'm gonna compared to is the original Blade Runner, and I don't want to do that. I don't go into... Like, here's the thing with me. I don't go into any movie comparing it to any other movie. I, I, I hate doing that. I really do. Because, oh, no, it, it, because it creates expectations that that the movie is not going to pass because they're going to be absurdly high, and I don't want to do that. But with this, it's impossible for me to watch it without comparing it to the, to the final cut of Blade Runner because I'm a huge fan of Blade Runner... Of the final cut of Blade Runner, I think that's that's, a per, that's as perfect as a perfect movie is gonna get, to be quite honest. So, yeah. And I just, I can't, I can't, I, I honestly cannot watch it, cannot watch this movie without thinking of that cut. I'm sorry, I just can't. Yeah. I mean, whether or not it's good or not, it's 
again, we we haven't seen the film yet, but I think by the by the voice of the audiences, it's underperforming. People are not going to see it. I think people have kind of seen through that facade of that. Um, this is just a cash in Hollywood grab movie, and uh, people who have gone to see it who have enjoyed it, you, you know what? Great, you that that's good. I'm glad that people gone to see this film and have enjoyed it. You, you know, even if they are fans of the original, if they're not fans of the original, or they don't have haven't even seen the original, I'm glad that that a science fiction film has been get a good reception. But at the end of the day, I just feel like that it's a film. It's, this is just an example of a film that goes through the Hollywood system and it just gets gurgitating out every year and a lot of a lot of people are getting sick of it. <laughs> you know, we've always I mean, been sick I mean, of it. I it's, mean, it's it's bad enough where we're getting saturated with superhero movies every every year and Star Wars movies every year now. We don't need this shit as well, okay? We really don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't need something of an old nostalgic feeling to be regurgitated for us that it has to be a sequel or prequel or remake or reboot whatever you want to call it you know it's cool to see them now in a while but then when you do too many of it it gets anonymous and it just falls into the slack of oh great here here we go again people are not going to go and see it it's like it's like for instance like you mentioned in superhero films it's like yeah I'm a comic book fan. I'm happy these comic book fans. Um, we get in so many comic book films now each year, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. It's like I completely forgot for Ragnarok was a thing this year, and I only just got reminded of it today by my mate saying, "Oh yeah, we want to go see Full Ragnarok late at the end of this month," and I'm like, "Oh shit, that's that that's out," it, you know, and. I've seen was it like Guardian of the Galaxy two, and I thought that was underwhelming. Spider Man, really decent Spider Man film, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I've seen Spider Man, God knows how many times in the cinema, <laughs> you, you know. And then for well, who knows? Who knows with Full Ragnarok? But it's going to get to this point when people are going to get sick tired of it, and you're not going to get those audience back in those cinemas. Unfortunately, if you can make good films, good films, good on you, but. If you make, if you just churn out stuff after churn out stuff, and unfortunately, if it turns out good or bad, and people are not going to see it because they start realizing that what you're doing is basically just building something on nostalgia and on previous hype because of its nostalgia's sake, people are going to start noticing that, and I think they are in some cases I with mean, some it, stuff. It, hap- it happened with Baywatch and Chips and and, and yeah. the Lego Ninjago movie. Like you can't. You can't just take any property and slap it and slap it on the on the big sc- and on the big screen and expect people to eat it up. It's that's yeah. not that's not how it works. It did make me laugh with the Lego Ginago film was the fact that basically a lot of the reviews that gave it negative things say, "Oh, it's trying to sell me toys," and I'm like, "Really? You did not work that out from the first fucking Lego movie." <laughs> Or the Lego Batman movie that came out last year. That Pig say, I can go all the way back to the bloody 90s or 80s, whatever the fucking year that wizard film came out. I can tell you that was a fucking product placement. <laughs> what? Well, I, I mean, come on. You can't tell me that they were, good, they were selling a Nintendo Championship Edition ca- cartridge. Come on. Uh, <laughs> That's absurd. I know, right? But... It's one of these things. I think people over the years are getting a bit more, are getting smarter, and it's going to get to the point when people are going to see through these things. And 
and just not going to enjoy it. it. You know, it's like the most recent thing I heard as well was that, was it, they were talking, was it, Jack and Chan said they're currently in production of making a Rush Hour 4. And again, a lot of people were getting hyped about that because of nostalgia because people like the first two Rush Hour films, you know? <laughs> but but Jack Chan's like in his 60s now. And Chris yeah, Tucker, I know. And Lord knows what the fuck Chris Tucker's doing with his life. Yeah, I know. But basically, they're making Rush Hour 4 because Chris Tucker n- needs a paycheck. Oh, fuck. I just remembered fucking Jumanji. <laughs> I just remembered that stupid Jumanji movie. Oh, there you go. There's, there's another exa- example of Hollywood regurgitating stuff. Why do we need a Jumanji film? You you, you know, it's weird that I can make more of an argument of the reason why there was a Power Ranger movie um, last last year. Than... That, that was this year, too. <laughs> oh, my God. See what I mean? It's all stopped the blur. I can make more of an argument why there's a Power Ranger movie, why why they made a Power Ranger movie, than the reason why we're getting a Jumanji film. I, I'm so. <laughs> sh- I actually watched the Baywatch movie, and I'm I, I'm just shocked that something like that even exists. To be quite honest, it annoys me when I watch that film. They they use the best Zac Efron joke against him against him literally like in the first few minutes of the film and I'm like seriously use the best one out the bat straight away okay yep <laughs> and and again it's one of those jokes if you don't get the reference you're not going to find it funny but if you do get the reference it's fucking funny <laughs> you know although then again it's the same movie where a guy gets his dick stuck in a in I don't a... remember Baywatch being that um, crude <laughs> yeah, a guy gets his dick stuck in a in a in a in a bench. Yeah, because he was getting a bone over female lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, right? Oh, God. Anyway, moving on. Speaking of nostalgia and 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 pandering to um, what little um, franchises we have left these years. <laughs> Star Wars. Da, 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 da. You know the fucking verse. It's a Star Wars movie. It's coming out. It's called The Last Jedi. And I'm looking at it. And my Star Wars hype got killed off when I heard Rogue after Rogue One. Oh, that movie was fucking boring. <laughs> the annoying thing with Rogue One, it's like it has a really good bit in it, but it's not until the very end of the film. I almost, I fell asleep watching that. I'm sorry. I couldn't finish yeah. it. I fell asleep watching it. It was so dull. Now, this is the thing that really, really annoys me. If they kept these Star Wars films only to like every two years, I think it would have been fine. But yeah. because we get in Star Wars film every single year now you know why <laughs> you know i can understand why it makes they make money obviously but, but is it same- really because I've, I've seen videos on youtube and if you look up you know star wars is dead you'll find a really interesting video of a guy going to various toy stores and finding all sorts of star wars toys that haven't sold that haven't sold Oh yeah, I can. I totally understand that. I've, I basically, I've, I've been in two places that sell toys, and I see tons of Star Wars stuff that's still left from the Force Awakens. Yep. 
I still find Force Awakens like, stuff to this day. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's like we can't argue that these films have not underperformed. Again, the the last two films alone have made over a billion, <laughs> you know, over a billion USA dollars. That's not underperforming, but I think you lose a bit of the magic from these Star Wars films if you bring them out every year. Because when the Star Wars film came out, when they brought them back in 1999, everyone went ballistic, were hyped. You, you know, the prequel stuff. But again, that's diverse now. Everyone understanding where you shouldn't believe in the hype. But it, you get one of those nostalgic feelings when you see Star Wars. And I think they're slowly killing that nostalgic feeling for Star Wars by just giving us a film every single year you know I, I know and it's just it's just frustrating because it's no longer a special brand like say again i have a lot to say about force awakens as, as, as a movie but i can't deny that going to that movie at the theater felt like a goddamn event like i can't oh, deny that i really can't I- give you an idea i went to my movie theater where i live and it's one of the biggest um odians in the country and they had it on four separate different screens like two regular 2d ones one 3d and one imax screen and all those screens were sold out I, and also people turned up in cosplay people turned up of all ages to like old the older generation um young adults um like the young adults like myself turning up, um, even adults turning up with their kids and stuff like that, to come to a midnight screaming of Star Wars. And it was impressive. It was like, wow, okay, this is a big thing. And and people turned up with lifesavers and stuff like that. It was something you have to experience. But at the same time, I think you're going to lose that feeling if you keep bringing out these Star Wars films every single year because eventually you're going to get to the point with like superhero films, it's just going to become another film. I know, and yeah. that's and that's why, and that's why with my my main problem with the Marvel with the Marvel movies is like, I see a lot of people talk about how much they love them, but when I go ask them, okay, what's your favorite one, they silence, <laughs> just silence, because because they they be they they start to you know there's so many of them, and they and they start to to feel similar after a while that they get you know kind of confused as to as to what happened in which movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. I I saw um, what was it? I saw the first Force Awakens with my mate, and he hated it. He still hates it. It, it annoys him because, and this is his argument, and, and it's a very good argument. He said, "How is something that repeats itself and copies the first the first film good?" It's a it's a good value argument. It copies the first film beat the beat almost, sadly. And that's my biggest problem with it. It's like And after and, and, and again, I didn't I didn't I didn't go into it wanting to hate it. I'm like I'm trying to enjoy it, but the more I, but everything about it screams a new hope and I'm like Ah, oh, do something original, please. And this one oh boy, this one just feels Empire Strikes Back. Oh, you, oh! I, 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 what, what, what gave it away, Tom? Was it the walkers? Was it the darker tone? Was it, was it the Sith lords? Was it all that shit? I, what, what yeah. gave it away, Tom? <laughs> I don't know, but it sounds like a lot of that stuff and even more. 
Oh my god, it just feels like oh, it just feels like that, and it it is annoying. And I'm not. There's nothing against the director, but um, I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Um, Ryan Johnson. He's not a bad director. He's not a bad director. But, oh my God, he, I don't know. I, I'm very, very worried because he has not, he's done some stuff that I look at and I'm like, hmm, that's very questionable. <laughs> you know, it's like nothing bad, but it's very mediocre. Have you it's, seen what this guy has made? It's always worrying when they get TV directors to direct big budget live action movies. Yeah. It's always worrying. Again, um, he directed stuff on Breaking Bad. He's done stuff on BoJack. And again, two shows I'm really fun of. You, you, you know, but at the same time, again, I'm like... that's television. That's not yeah, <laughs> a exactly. big budget movie. <laughs> what was it? He did the film Looper. And oh, fuck. I hate that movie. <laughs> again, a very divisive film. Like, critics love it, but then General Wars has fucking hated it. You know? God, that movie's so stupid. And he directed that. He directed it, and he wrote, and he was a writer for it. And he is the director and writer for the Last Jedi for this. You know. Then again, how much creative influence do these directors have when it's Disney pulling the strings at the end of the day? I'll give you an idea. Um, they're so worried about how this film. I'm guessing they are kind of worried how this film is going to perform because what is it? They got. Um, J.J. Abrams to come back and do the last film. Yeah, I mean, wasn't wasn't the whole idea was to create a new trilogy and have a different director for each one? Guess that idea didn't pan out because you're having people leave these movies left and right now. Wonder why that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, if you're hyped for it, more power to you. I personally am just like... Star Wars is dead to me. I don't feel anything towards it anymore. Nothing negative, nothing positive. It's just... It's a thing that exists now and something I have to live with. Mm -hmm. Will I see this movie? Probably when it's on TV a year later. But I won't pay money to see it. I'll tell you that right now. I I had my friend text me. He said, oh, are you going to get your tickets for Star Wars and 4? And I basically told him, I'm more reluctant. I basically just told him, I'm happy to see four, but Star Wars at the moment, I'm not, I'm not too bothered with. And I can't believe I'm saying that about Star Wars. I'm not bothered with it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, again, if you're excited for it, go at, you know, more power to you. But to me, I, I really don't, don't really give a shit either way. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> anyway, moving on to, um, again, with all the craziness out of the way, we can finally, finally talk about DuckTales. Finally, God, um, we, 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 I know, I know guys, uh, we didn't talk about this last week cause, uh, you know, last week we did a movie episode. Uh, so we have two episodes to cover once again, spoilers, heavy spoilers, but you know, the episodes are recalled by now. So if you haven't seen them, then that's your problem. That's not mine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, uh, first episode, great, uh, great beagle, uh, birthday massacre. 
Love this episode. This episode was awesome. I thought it was really, really good. I thought that um, it really, again, I think this this show really has been doing well with character development, and we do see it with um, with Huey, Dewey, Louie, and um, Webby in this episode, and we do get um, a new character introduced into this as well. And, you know, um, and I thought... Um, I thought she was very good. Um, Lena, I thought Lena was very good. I think she's a very good character to add in the show, and it's a new original character, and I think it's quite quite interesting. And Lena and Webby go off on their little venture to the Beagle Boys' um, birthday party. I, I, <laughs> lo- I love that line where it's like, "Oh, it's not a, it's not a, it's not an adventure if you're invited." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And you, you know, I just thought it was just very, very cool just seeing them go off on that their own little venture, and we get to see the whole Beagle Boy family. And I love the one thing about the Beagle Boy family: thank you, thank you for making every one of them have a character. I I love the fact that they I love the fact that they refer to the classic Beagle Boys as the classics. <laughs> yeah, I think that's brilliant. I think that was really well done. But my favorites are the Tum Tums, obviously, because <laughs> I just I love the Monster Clown. <laughs> oh my god, that was funny! That was really funny. I, I love the fact as well when basically he, he was trying to sneak up on one of them. He's like, "No, he can't see me," and it turns out it's the real face fight. Oh, uh, uh, well, it can't be the Tum Tums. Everyone knows they're adopted. Well, I, that's what I hear anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, and it was just. It was just really fun episode, and I thought that them basically meeting up with Huey Dewey and Louie and then trying to escape from the Beagles, I thought that was really a fun episode, and it really has like a good bonding episode feel to it, and we got to know the Beagle Boys a bit better, and there were just generally funny moments in this as well. I love this episode a lot because it's just one giant homage to the movie The Warriors. Yeah. Them trying to get, I just, oh, I love that. He's like, they even had a bit in the park, and the people chasing for the park has face paints on them. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, it's a massive. There, there, were, there, there were a lot of uh, warriors references, like with the garbage truck, you know, the garbage truck. The, the one of the ugly failures towards the end has like bottle bottles on his fingers. Yeah. And also the base, the whole bit going through the park as well, and the people that chasing got like face paint on them and everything like that. It's like <laughs> the really bizarre ones. Yeah, and in and, and the opening the wall- and the opening scene with Ma Beagle on on the boat, it mirrors the um, the 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 arrival uh, of Can the gang. you dig it? Yeah, <laughs> mirrors that scene pr- particularly well. <laughs> It is weird. It is really, really weird when you grow up as an adult and you notice these references in kid cartoon and you think to yourself, I wonder if when these this generation of kids grow up and they go back and watch this, they will get that reference or not. <laughs> I, I just really love this. I, I think my favorite my favorite joke in this entire episode was like, oh, you guys are to- so similar. No, we're not. We're all unique special snowflakes. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I just love the fact basically they get the bigger boys to just essentially just beat the hell out of each other at the end of the episode, and Mars basically turned up and said, what the hell are you doing? That's it. None of y'all, none of y'all are getting birthdays. Aww. <laughs> I, just, I just, this episode was really great, but again, 
the 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 thing that really was the icing on the cake was the ending. Oh boy, that ending! <laughs> Is it weird that I said we were going to get um demand? Uh, like I I just said, I remember saying to you, I think we one on one recording. I went, how weird would it be? We we get a reference to Jamanchka or get appearance from Jamanchka in a, one of these early episodes, and we did. I was worried. I'm like, oh, they're they're not gonna do it. They're not gonna do it. And then I, you see it, you see that. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, I one thing that did annoy me when I was watching the episode when she pointed out to that amulet, and I basically was like, oh my god, it's the magica, isn't it? <laughs> but then they put the twist on it, saying, oh no, it's her niece. And I'm like, wait, she has family. <laughs> and and then we find out if you do your research that Lena was actually based on um, Magic's niece in the Italian comics, but they couldn't use her because again, the lovely Copy world rights. of copyright. <laughs> it was a oh my god! I thought it was just a very cool reveal at the end when she basically summons her and it's just her shadow outline, which is a reference to Magic's uh, Shadow War when her shadow yeah. became sentient and grew and grew red eyes. Yeah, this is the thing I'm I'm curious about. Do you think the Magica? I don't know. Do you think that she still has a physical body or not? Because uh, she's trapped. That's why she yeah. needs, she needs Lena. But so they're gonna show her off as a shadow first. But then I think once she gets out of her prison, she'll you know be in physical form. Yeah, uh, wait, it's something I'm really really curious about, and I think this episode sort of cemented. The one theme with this show I think it's going to run through is family. Because so far we've seen multiple different families and families working together, you know? And I like that. I and, like that and, thing. And, I I know, people... and again, I know a lot of people ha- are going to, you know, have, have a lot of problems with, with this version of Magica because she's no longer comic relief. But I think, I said this before, if they're going to bring in Magica to the show, she has to be a serious villain. She has to be a legit threat. She cannot be the dumb... Um, cartoonish villain she was in the original series because that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, she, of needs to, she needs to be a legit threat, and I love this incarnation of Magica a lot. And she, she's only that. appeared in two episodes, so and I yeah. still and I just love the shit out of her. I want to see more of her. <laughs> I mean, they're building her up, and I like the fact that I really like the Lena character as well. <laughs> oh, Lena's great. Lena's awesome. Yeah. I just think it's a very good way to do it, and I like. I really love this episode. It's focusing on. I, I like this show. It's focusing on families at the moment, and I like that theme. And I hope they keep going with that theme. Yep. Yeah. And moving on to the next episode, Terror of the Terraformers. Another again, another great episode. They're oh my just, god! They're just like hitting it out of the park. It's just so good, so good. I mean. I- also, I noticed as well, have you noticed this is the first episode Launchpad has been in since the um, first episode? Yeah, no, he, my... he, made, he made a cameo in the Great Dime Chase. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> it, it must be one of those blink and missed it sort of moments, you know? Uh, but no, this is the first time I think, you know, he, he has a, a, an official role in, in an episode that wasn't the pilot. Because even in the pilot, he was just like there. He didn't have yeah. a major role, but this is the first time we see him have a have a have a subplot with one of the with one of the nephews, which is one of the funniest subplots of of the show so far. Oh god, that was so funny <laughs> with um, Louie, wasn't it? With Dewey. Dewey, I mean, I, I, I'm really apologize. I'm gonna get those names mixed up. <laughs> have, have there always been three yeah. of them? <laughs> 
they say, oh, you're Louie, Louie and Louie. Wait, you got them all three mixed up. Well, you know, I'm going to call you all Louie and it doesn't mean I'm wrong. <laughs> but, oh my, it, it was a really good episode. I liked the, um, the fact that we got more character development with Launchpad. Um, launch I like that. We got to see um, Granny more as well in the episode. And I like that we get some character character time between Granny and Leia um, in this episode, you know. Um, she... And I love the fact that each episode uh, we've seen, we've seen the develop, um, develop, uh, uh, what was it? What was it? We, we've seen the develop uh, Louie in uh, The Great Dime Chase, and we've seen them develop uh, Dewey in the, um, in the pilot. In this episode, we see them develop... Uh, Louis in in, yeah. uh, in in his in this subplot with Webby, yeah. and I like and I like the fact that they have conflicting personalities. I yeah. really like that, in which Louis believes in science, scientific, um, science, science and reasoning, while Webby believes in you know supernatural and gut instinct, which I thought was I l- really interesting. I love the fact that the very very end of the episode, um, the whole punchline at the end of it, it's not in the science book, it's not in the book. Wait, hang on a minute. Ah, uh, Rhodes here. I feel so much better now. <laughs> uh, uh, it's not unknown. It's in the book. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was just... It, it, has, it has some really funny moments like that. And uh, I just... What do you think about the creatures? The rock dwellers? Uh, the terraformers? Yeah. What do you uh... think? They're okay. I mean, I, I I was kind of worried that the episode would focus more on them, and we were gonna get like all the character development and all that stuff was gonna get sidelined in favor of them. But thankfully not, because no, this, this episode... I, I'd love I, I love how they mirror um, the Duck family at the end as well. <laughs> he must be the prince, and then that and then those are his followers. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> And the ET reference at the end, I thought that was that was funny. Yeah, and also, um, someone almost got caught out as well. Almost. Uh, Lena Lena's subplot in this episode was really good and really developed her character, and and you kind of understand where where she's coming from as a character, in that she's not really evil. She just hasn't had a good upbringing and doesn't know right from wrong. She's yeah, never had yeah. that family. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, linking back to family again. <laughs> yeah, family is one of the main themes, and I love the subtle hints of that. When 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 um, Mrs. Beakley asks her, "Who raised you?" I know a bad influence when I see one, and you see her, you know, you know, just she doesn't respond to that because you know we know who raised her, but she doesn't want to say. And I yeah. think that that's that's really good writing. And then when towards the end of the episode, when you see uh, Webby reunited with uh, with her grandmother. They hug and and Lena just looks away. Yeah, because she doesn't have that type of relationship with her aunt. No. And we actually do get to hear um, Demagica's voice for the first time. Oh God! <laughs> it is an interesting casting, but she does the job really well. I, I'm I, I'm gonna. Oh God, it's 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 gonna be hard for me to say this, but I really like I like Catherine Tate in something. There you go. <laughs> I just hope when I just hope they don't. If they are gonna do it, just make it quick and short. If they're gonna make a reference, because practically was it? You got 
David Tennant playing Scrooge McDuck. You've got the magical playing by Catherine Tate. If you're going to make a Doctor Who reference, just get it out of the way and done with. That's all I'm going to say about that. Because I was worried, like, who are they going to get to voice her? But, you know, when I saw there was Catherine Tate, I'm like, holy shit, that was Catherine Tate? Because she was creepy in this. Like, holy shit. <laughs> she, I mean, she can do good character. She can do good character voices. She has proven in quite a few UK shows she can do these outrageous voices and these can basically do these voice impressionists and i never seen her do scary before and i'm like okay she's good when it comes to voices yeah she's this is the first time i've seen her actually play like a legit creepy character and she has like a lot of range and i know a lot of people are going to be upset that you know she doesn't she no longer has an eastern european accent she has a british accent but whatever minor nitpick well according to all americans basically we're if you live Towards the area of the UK, you count all the UK, but then you tell people, no, 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 there's the UK, which is not going to be part of the Europe anymore. We still don't know to the day of this recording. And um, we've got the eastern side of the western side of Europe. We've got the eastern side of Europe. You, you know, people need to learn this stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm actually happy for this episode. I'm happy for Catherine Tate. Done a good job full voicing the magical in the episode and portrayal this really creepy character again it's not a long voice it's not a long appearance voice wise for Catherine tate in the episode the magica but it serves its purpose yeah she was really creepy when she's like leave her you know she's keeping you away from the others like the, her delivery with that was just fucking creepy <laughs> it's unsettling like it, it really is, and it's it's weird because like you look at you look at the cast credit, it's like oh Catherine Tate, seriously <laughs> Catherine Tate. They kept her quiet. They kept that really quiet. And I'm, I'm and, and and like speaking of like Magica, uh, we know that uh, they showed her off in in like production art in in Comic Con, but I'm wondering now, did they show her just as a shadow, or did they show her as a as an actual character model? I'm guessing I they love- only showed the shadow model. They didn't show the... The physical the, model. Yeah, yeah. Because it would be too early for that. That would just spoil everything. Well, the thing is that we get all these references so far and all these recurrents of these classic characters. I'm just thinking, who, who, who's next? Who, who are they going to bring back next? Well, we know we, we know uh, Donald's... Um, we know... Uh, what's his face? Uh, the Lucky Gander's... Um, coming up in, in in a future episode. Oh, that's episode seven, the lucky, um, the house of the lucky gander. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't remember his first name, I just know that he's really lucky, and that's his only yeah. character trait. Yeah, and we're gonna get, we're, we're gonna get the mummy episode, and that's homage a classic, classic DuckTales episode as well. Um, it's gonna be an interesting next few episodes um what what's gonna happen i really want to see the mark beaks episode because i just have you read the synopsis for that no i haven't Uh, do tell um basically like um the two nephews like go into an internship and uh, with for mark beaks and and you're gonna love this you're gonna fucking love this dude okay scrooge and um, glom gold have to team up to take down beaks Oh, I want to see oh that. Oh, my God, that'd be <laughs> hilarious. I just hope when they work in together, they just take the mickey out of each other, how, how Scottish they're meant to be, you know? 
that has to happen. That has yeah. to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh I, my god. Uh, I just I want to see that now. When I read the synopsis where oh Scrooge and, and Gomgold have to team up to take down their rival their new rival Mark Beaks, I'm like, yes, I want to see this so bad now. It's just one of those weird things. It's just basically it's like old money versus new money in that sense as well. Again, that sort of vibe after you told me that. Yeah. But, but again, it's it's going to be interesting to see these two characters teaming up and, you know, going against a new villain, and it's going to be interesting. Yeah, so, That's I mean, I, I just... Again, this episode was really good because it... Again, I know, I know, like, a lot of criticism of the show so far is like, oh, they don't go on adventures, Scrooge is not, you know, it's not um, in a lot of episodes, yada, 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 but at the same time, you're like... Go back and watch, like, the original DuckTales. Very rarely do they actually ever go on adventures in that show. Yeah. Very rarely. Anyway, I'm, I mean, again, we're getting an adventure episode with, with the mummy one. They're obviously going to go off to a far-off land in that episode. We know that. <laughs> you know. And they even said that the reason why, you know, we're not getting a lot of adventure episodes is because, again, Disney's airing... airing um airing the episodes out of order, they're, you know, they they were written, you know, they, they gave the production order on Twitter, and they were just, they said, you, you know, you'll probably, because Disney's airing them out of order, you're going to get, like, two back-to-back Webby episodes, and, uh, and Scrooge might be missing in a couple of episodes, so, but don't worry, like, continuity isn't going to be affected, which is good. Yeah, it, it sounds like that they wrote this just in case of continuity get, get thrown out of the window. Yeah, so it's like if something doesn't make sense, don't worry. You know, it's aired out of production order. Yeah. When do you... Because they keep saying we're getting Darkwing Duck for this first season. When do you think we're going to see him? Uh, not right now. Maybe... Maybe... To, maybe after the mum, Maybe after the Mummy episode? No, they have to sh- They have to save him up for something really big. Like a really That's... big episode. Well, the world, well, what I'm saying, do you think he's going to appear in episode after the Mummy episode? Yeah, probably. Because they wouldn't give him away now. I All mean, right. even even when you think of Magica, we haven't really seen Magica. We've only seen her in a cameo, and, and we've only seen her give give out a few voice lines here and there. We still don't know what her goal is, why she you know, why she wants Lena to um, infiltrate the, the Duck family, and so on and so on. We don't know this. Yeah. Well, again, we can specialize. It's basically, well, the obvious speculation is basically to get his dime. Yeah, but at the same time, it's yeah. like she, you can tell she's trapped and she needs a way yeah. out. So maybe, maybe she needs an item to cast a spell to get her out from yeah. where she's trapped. And maybe they and, need an item. And, 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 and seeing Magic in the series um, solidified my theory because I said in, in the pilot review we did... That Scrooge has not met. That in this incarnation, Scrooge has yet to meet Magica. Yeah. So. Which is true. interesting. Yeah. But at the same time, he has had previous relationship with the Beagle Boys and also with Grumgold, which is cool. At the yeah. same time. And we and we do know that he knows that Magica exists because they say in in the Great Dime Chase that he did you know, uh, the money bin is fortified you know with 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 anti hex spells. So he knows so magic. So he knows magic exists, but you know, wherever we, we we don't know yet. Basically, if he has met magic as a person, or if he has met someone with magical powers beforehand. Yeah. So basically, be interesting to find out. Basically, if she asks after 
the Duck family because of maybe, I don't know, maybe back years and years ago, maybe um, the Magico and Donald probably locked her away somewhere. Maybe yeah. got her trapped where they were going to venture or something like that. Or maybe you don't know. It might it might ties into a little bit more with um, Dollar as well. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? We don't know. And, and, I, and I love the fact that we have all these interesting subplots going on, but they don't feel cluttered, and they actually expand on the world. You know, they they're not cluttered, and they they're not saying, "Oh my God, this subplot again." Who cares? No, I, I'm really interested in to see where they're going with this because, again, um, it's 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 really. Um, I just love where they're going with the show, and I I have nothing but good things to say about this show because I I think it's it's what a good reboot should be. It takes what um, what worked in the original and expands on it, and it and it and fixes some of the stuff that didn't work. So yeah, good on you. Yeah. So again, if you haven't checked out the show, check it out. It's great. It's fun, and we'll be back. Um, We'll still continue on reviewing episodes as always, because like I said, I really like the show and I and I and I want an, any excuse to cover it. So, <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Um, it's been a crazy week, and we hope you're all safe. And uh, take care. Bye bye. <laughs>